That's so awesome. Anybody ever, uh, anybody have a wedding like that, right? So, guys, good morning. Good to see everybody here. Good to see some new faces. Good to see some faces I haven't seen in a little bit. Uh, it's great to see everybody. Welcome to New City Church. If I haven't got a chance to meet you, I would like to. I uh, also would like to get to know you a little bit, so if you would please sign up on the sign-up sheet. We, uh, we pray over the names that we have. One of the visions we have is uh, here at New City Church. Uh, we want to know your name, and we want you to know that you were known. So it's, uh, it's important for us to get to know your names. And I am working on getting to know people's names. It's uh, amazing to me. You guys are very gracious to me. Sometimes I'll ask you three or four times. I know I said I'd never forget it, but if you would uh, tell me that. So, Sherry, I got you. I got you today, man. It's like it's, it's ingrained now, so it's, uh, it's good. But, um, but, guys, it is great to be here this morning. We're starting off this new series called uh, What Happy Couples Know. It is a right in time for Valentine's Day, but uh, so for some of us that are single, divorced, widowed, whatever, or not yet married, engaged, uh, Weston, yeah, Weston Shea over there, uh, you guys, this is for everybody. It's not just for married couples, though there's an emphasis on marriage, an emphasis on uh, spousal relationships, but it is uh, applicable to no matter what kind of uh, relationship that you have. One of the ways we build relationships, as a matter of fact, is that we get together in our homes. We, we uh, you know, if you guys want to open up your uh, tables to uh, other people, if you want to write that down on your Connect card as, uh, as it passes there, tear that Connect card off, say, hey, I'd like to be part of Open Table to the table, however you want to pronounce it or say it, but uh, you put, put that down if we want to open up those things, because we had a massive Open Table last week. Go Eagles! Right? Come on. Man, I heard somebody told me that uh, seven eagles got uh, baptized at the Super Bowl. Man, that's, that's nuts, man. How cool is that? Talk about using your platform for, for God's glory. Uh, but we had a super chili bowl cook-off last week, man, and, uh, and it was awesome. There's already smack talk. We got uh, seven chilies that are going to be now uh, entered into the final contest on February 25th, we're going to have a community meal. We're going to invite everybody in the community to come. And we're going to have the seven winners from the, this last week's Super Chili Bowl cook-off going to be at that very, uh, that very event. And it's going to be decided by a certified chef. This dude's going to have a big old hat. Chefs, I mean, you know, you know how they, you know they dress up. What is the chef's costume? I, not costume. What is it? What does the chef wear? Uniform. That's it. I was like. That's not right. This isn't Halloween, right? So, but yeah, it's going to be a fun, 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 fun event. Also, wanted to uh, invite you guys if you haven't become, uh, haven't had part in our uh, fasting and praying that we've been doing for 40 days. That actually ends on the 15th. Some of us are going to chow down, uh, but some of us are are truly learning what it means to give up. Uh, and we're, we're calling it basically hungry on purpose. We want to be praying for God's favor praying for his wisdom, praying for his direction. If you're interested in doing one of those days or the rest of those days, put that on your Connect card too. We want to get to know you. If you need somebody to reach out to you in prayer, put that on your Connect card too. It is uh, critical for us to, to be able to do that. And so if you guys don't know uh, much about me, I, my wife, uh, be praying for her. She, did, she, she left uh, the second service, said she wasn't feeling well, so she's going to uh, uh, be gone. She wasn't mad because of the message or anything, I promise you. So... Uh, in fact, she, was, she said it was, uh, she really enjoyed that, but she said, man, I just don't feel well, so be praying for her if you don't mind. So, but we, are, we got, uh, got married 27 years ago Friday. Man, like, uh, what's up, baby? Hey, girl. 
27 years ago Friday, I tricked beautiful Judy into marrying me, right? Now, here's the deal. What I found out when it came to that wedding was something very interesting. What I found out was that Judy, from the time she was a fetus, was thinking about her wedding day. Like, I had no idea, right? She was thinking about her wedding dress. She was thinking about the flowers. She was thinking about what, you know, all of her. I mean, she was even thinking about vows and stuff like that, like, for years and years and years, right? And so it was so, like, so prevalent that when we got engaged, I was still in college and, and that kind of thing, and she, uh, she, was, uh, she was planning this wedding and planning this wedding, and for a solid year plus, she planned our wedding, and I had no clue what, and I was cool with that, but I had no idea what was going on. Like, like here, like, it's like people would come, hey, how's your wedding plans coming on? I, I, I think good. Uh, Judy's not crying or anything, so there's nothing going on. I mean, it's, she ain't mad. I think everything's fine. Even, guys, even on our wedding day, people were asking me, where am I supposed to stand? What am I supposed to do? Where do I go? I, I have no clue. I, it's just like that was a, Judy has an amazing way of planning things and gathering people and getting recruit. I mean, it's, re, it's remarkable, her, her skill in doing that kind of stuff. It really is a gift from God. I truly believe that. But I just don't have that gift at, at all. Like, I'm, a, I'm like the opposite. And so the interesting thing is, and she wasn't mad about the planning or she wasn't mad about that. She was like, yeah, you just shut up. I got everything. I'm like, yes, ma'am, I got you, man. That's cool, right? It's really kind of one of those deals. And so we got married and that kind of thing, and I really didn't have anything to do with the wedding planning at all, frankly, because Judy had been planning it for about 22 years, right? Seriously. She was thinking about it. It was on her mind. Girls tend to do that. They think about from the time that they're uh, little girls, they're thinking about their wedding dress, they're thinking about the music, they're thinking about the flowers, thinking about all that stuff. And guys really don't think about those kinds of things. Ladies think about the wedding day. Guys are more concerned about the wedding night, right? I mean, it's kind of the way that works. I mean, it, that's just the way it t- tends to, the way we think. We're, we're just not the same. And matter of fact, I would guarantee you that in the third grade, Judy had her best friend. Her name was Angela. She told Angela, Angela, you're going to be my maid of honor in my wedding someday. Guess who was her maid of honor in her wedding? It was Angela, right? And so, like, guys in the third grade are still picking boogers, right? No doubt. I mean, as a matter of fact, I will request that you turn in your man card if you ever looked at your best buddy said, Johnny, I want you to be in my wedding as my best man someday, and we're going to wear cool tuxes, and we're going to have great flower, all that stuff. Dude, if you did that in the third grade, man card now, right? That's kind of how it works. I mean, we're just, I, I, before I say this, I got to kind of take like a, like a little bit of a, a, a breather and kind of Everybody just do like this because I'm about to drop something crazy heavy on you that the Lord laid on me. Can you just in the nose, out the mouth? Because here's the deal. The Lord laid something on me. I think I saw like a vision and a light when he did. I was sitting there going, Lord, are you serious? I can't say that. Not in church, man. He said, teach the people this. Here's what he said to me. Men and women I was like, no, come on, man. They're going to think I'm crazy, right? Dude, we're different. I'm glad Judy's different. I don't want her to be the same as me, right? right? She looks a lot prettier 
than I do, no doubt about it. But here's the deal. Like, like men and women are, are different. And this isn't just about wedding planning, per se. This isn't just about marriage. Uh, it, we're we're going to learn what this means to truly love other people, especially our spouses, in this series. And I love this, man. Right in time for Valentine's Day. We're also, if you will mark your calendars, March 9th and 10th, Friday evening and Saturday, probably starting around 10. We're going to get some details worked out going up through 2 o'clock. We're going to have a happy couples conference. It is available to the single people. It's essentially $50 per person or $100 per couple. Here's what we're going to have. A guy named Mike Grubbs. If you don't know Mike Grubbs, get to know Mike Grubbs. Mike Grubbs is an amazing, amazing man. I meet with him once a month just so he can set me straight and tell me I'm, make sure I'm not doing something stupid, right? My wife and I have met with him. He's a great guy that doesn't try to find what's wrong with you, but holds up a vision of God and says, here's where I see you going. I swear where you can go and some adjustments that you might want to make. I love that. We're going to get five sessions with him. We're going to have an amazing dinner that night. We're going to have an incredible lunch that day. Great fellowship, great learning, only for $50 a person. It's a really awesome thing. But sign up because we are going to have cap it at 100 people total. It is going to be here at our campus, all four campuses. Four? Did you hear that? All four campuses are going to be invited, so get your name in ASAP. I had several people say, hey, where do we sign up? We're going to have some more details. But in the meantime, if you'll go on your app and try to f- try to sign up, if you'll go on your, put that on your Connect card, get your name in and get your, get, we'll, we'll take care of all the payments and things like that uh, ASAP. So man, it's going to be a fun time. It's an awesome time. Amen? And so one of the things that Mike Grubbs told us, we had several of us that went on a marriage conference with him in November. Was it November? Guys, was it November? That we went? Yeah, I think so. It was so long ago. November? Yeah, yeah, it was November. We had several of us went up. Here's one of the things that Mike told me, and I had never thought about it this way, but here's an, um, an incredible thing. You know, what we do when we grow up and we go to preschool and we go to elementary school and we go to uh, middle school and high school and college and master's and doctor, whatever it is, everything that we're learning, even a lot of times in our upbringing, we'll learn uh, godly things if we're growing up in a Christian home too, and we'll learn what it means, guys, to, to like in, in essence, school, for example. You go through, if you're, depending on the number of years you go, 12 to 18 years, if you will, for school, sometimes more even, that we'll learn all kinds of things like reading, writing, arithmetic. We'll learn the three R's like that. We'll learn physics. We'll learn history. We'll learn algebra. We'll learn geometry. We'll learn engineering. We'll learn uh, uh, vocational stuff. All this all these different things that we will learn in, in essence so that we can become productive members of the workforce in our society. That's, that's how much, you know how much, how much time and education and money and, and, and learning and classes are spent on what it means to be a good spouse? Zero. As a result, our unemployment rate is 4.1%. That's brutally good in other words 96 percent of the eligible workforce are now working and the divorce rate is 50 percent do you wonder there's no wonder why right like do you think that we need to address this asap like starting with our kids and start now here's the deal i'm not uh, i'm not gonna be be like hey man if you got a divorce like no no it's nothing like that here's what i want us to be thinking of starting today 
I'm going to be living the way God wants me to live and loving the way God wants me to love no matter who it is that I'm loving, right? Amen? Starting today, God's in control. That's the thing. It doesn't matter what. We just had a whole regret series. Don't let those regrets come out to you. This is not like one of those things. Like starting now, we're going to move forward and, and, and love the way God said to love. He said some very specific things, and it's out like from the Old Testament to the end of the New Testament over and over and over what it does mean to love. And I love that, see, because we are just trying to figure out. So if you're married, guys, you're going to say, man, I wish I had heard some of this stuff sooner. If you're single, you'll be glad you heard it now, right? And if, uh, if you're wanting to get married or you're like, nope, I'm done with it, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a widow. Somebody, we have widows and widowers, too. Like, these are things you're going to be able to help other people through if you're not going to get married, and that's totally cool. Like, we're going to be able to learn this stuff and learn what it means to love no matter what relationship we are in. Philippians 2.3, Paul writes to the church in Philippi, says, Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others, right? And so when we look at those things and we say, okay, in the church, and this is, and if you read, we're going to go through Ephesians in this series. We're going to go through a bunch of, like a whole lot of scripture uh, after today. This is kind of an introductory type of thing. But man, it's like over and over and over, you're going to find it. There's this pattern of loving God and loving others ahead of ourselves. It's kind of like this, it's not sacrificial. You'll find that it's beneficial not sacrificial kind of love because it's the love that God has commanded us to have. It's counter to our natural self because our natural self has hopes and dreams and desires. And we have this hopes and dreams, desires in essentially a, a box that we are born with or we have come to learn. And we have these natural desires uh, and expect, and if you will, just desires and hopes and dreams that we will bring into a marriage and bring into a relationship and we'll automatically uh, have these thoughts of this way. Well, we'll think about like things like, okay, what are we going to do with our, our time? What's she going to get me for Valentine's Day? Are we going to do organic? That fufu, tofu, whatever. Although there's a tofu chili. It's a bomb, by the way. It's one of our seven. Or are we going to eat junk food? Hallelujah. Right? Uh, who's going to do the dishes and the laundry and the sweeping up and cleaning up? Uh, this is a big one. How many kids are we going to have? I'm coming to the table with some expectations. I'm going to have, no, maybe. Well, no. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll think about that one, right? Uh, ooh, 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 what sports are we going to, are we going to let our kids play football? Because you know they got enough going on. Is it going to be football? Is it going to be baseball, right? Are we going to watch this stuff on TV? What are we going to do with our time? Uh, what, this is a big one. What are we going to do with our money? Hey, you know what this is? I went to a Dollar General in Shawnee. By the way, there's going to be a Dollar General right in here. I can't wait, boy, I'm telling you, because I can get this rare, and I don't have to go, I don't have to travel, right? Happened to be over at the Shawnee campus, there's a Dollar General right next door to that, how ironic, right? And so we've got that, and you know what I found in there? There's like gazillion different kinds of wallets for women, 
this is all I could find for dudes, man. <laughs> I can't say, and it's not even a wallet. I'm like, yeah, you got a wallet for guys? You know why? I got the same wallet that I've had for 15 years. It's falling apart, right? My wife, I think she changes every month. I mean, it's like, I got a new wallet. So you got to take everything back out, put it all back in. It's just crazy, right? But that's the, we're different, right? Kind of, oh, uh, uh, what kind of movies are we going to watch, Right? The greatest movie of all time, Dumb and Dumber. My wife says that is the dumbest. Guess what we don't watch in our house, right? Right? Like it's that kind of stuff. Hey, Ca- Casablanca. You got Gone with the Wind. You got Dumb and Dumber, right there, baby. All on the same plane, man. Cinematic masterpiece, right there. That's in the Bible, I bet you, man. But <laughs> Hezekiah nine four, right there. You got it memorized. So we do this, right? We talk about the kids. We talk about the movies. We talk about the time. We, we have these expectations. We have these hopes and dreams and desires. We have these, these things that we learn and experience and we like and we want that to like, continue in our lives. And so what we do is that rather than it being the hopes and dreams and desires for us, we turn those things around and we say, baby, here's my expectations. I need you to fill these for me. I need you to make these happen for me. I need you to fulfill this and make these dreams and desires and, and, and hopes come true. And that's not fair. And rather than it being dreams and hopes and desires for our spouse for someone else in a relationship, it becomes a burden and a shackle and, a, and an expectation rather than something that, like, it's not theirs, right? And we give that to them. And we say, this is yours. You need to take care of this and, and do this in my life. Totally, totally unfair and totally, that's how, guys, we don't know any better a lot of times, but this is how the the scriptures are, are just rife with how to love your spouse and love other people in there over and over and over. And in society, we're just not taught any of this. So it's up to us, the church. Amen? And I love this. Now check this out. Expectations are the strong belief that something will happen or will be the case in the future. And attempting to to a lot of times what we're trying to do when we say, baby, these are yours, fulfill these for me, what we're trying to do is essentially recreate something that, that we loved in our lives or trying to avoid something that we never will have. Like, I'll never let this happen in my, in my family. I'll never, or, or man, it was really great growing up in blank. And, and so I want to recreate that. Those are two different things that we can do. Either trying to uh, avoid something or recreate something. But here's the thing. When I say I want and my spouse says I want, then eyes collide. All of a sudden, I've got my hopes and dreams that I'm going to give to my spouse. My spouse has hopes and dreams she's going to give to me. All of a sudden, I got shackles. She's got shackles. What could go wrong, right? Should be easy. But it never is when we eyes collide. When eyes collide, one of four things can happen. We can leave. Baby, I'm taking my dreams and my hopes and my desires that are no longer your expectations. I'm going over here and I'm going to go shackle somebody else with it. 
boom, there you go. Now you get to satisfy my hopes and my desires and my dreams. That's not right either. Because they're not fulfilling. Who are we focused on? Damn, yeah, man. So we can leave. Other option is we can win. Like I can convince my spouse, I can convict my spouse into thinking, baby, you know Dumb and Dumber's better than the chick flicks. You're like, come on, man, really? Like, like, baby, listen, listen. You know Doritos are better than organic food all day long. I mean, they taste better. Football's a real sport, baby, not soccer. Right? All that kind of stuff. No offense. No offense. I, that was a totally an example, right? <laughs> I could just take some stuff back. Like, ugh. But understand, like, it, like you can convict somebody and, and convince somebody. You can try to control somebody. Say, oh, no, no, we're going we're gonna to do this because I promised myself that I would never. Or, man, we're going to try to do this kind of stuff. You can coerce somebody. You can even throw the, the biblical spin. You know, God said that I'm supposed to be the leader of the household and all that kind of stuff. So, so baby, you got to do what I want, right? It's just crazy stuff that God never intended, which we'll talk a little bit more about that next week, too. But I love that. Third thing we can do is we can conform Oh, by the way, the winner is always happy, aren't they, when they win? The loser is never happy. And the winner is always surprised when the loser like, falls apart and the relationship falls apart. Like, I thought everything was great, right? We can conform. We can become something that we are not uh, and, and, and in order to become something that satisfies the other person, right? And so what could go wrong with that? We could say, okay, I have these desires and these hopes and these dreams, and I could say, you know what? Uh, forget those things. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And all of a sudden there's miserableness and there's no passion and there's no vitality. And there's no trust and there's no, no, they're not going in the same direction. And all of a sudden you got this conflict and sometimes it doesn't even look like conflict. Sometimes it just looks like we don't talk to each other anymore. Right? What could go wrong? We could compromise. Which if you hear any marriage guru that's especially non-faith-based, they'll say things like, you know, marriages take compromise. And that doesn't work either. Because here's what happens in compromise. In compromise, you'll say, baby, we did this last time, so we're going to do this this time. Uh, baby, what we're going to do is we went to your parents' house at Christmas time, so we've got to go to my parents' house next Christmas. Next Christmas fall comes, comes around, and all of a sudden there's an emergency or a sickness in her family. Say, so, baby, I understand that, but that's not what we agreed to. We already did that for you. We're going to do this this year. And, and all of a sudden you've got this debt-debtor relationship, right? And compromise is, is, is not something that... Now, here's the deal. Like, I appreciate more somebody willing to compromise than somebody's willing to say, heck with it, I'm done, right? I get that, and I appreciate that. It's better to, to actually work those things, but that's not how God designed marriage. It's not how he designed love. He designed it. He designed it to where you can be who he created you to be, and the other spouse enjoys that. And your spouse is created to be a certain way. And you enjoy that. And you try to foster those things together. Man, if I tell you what. If, if like what Philippians said. If we look out to the interest not only of, of myself but of others. What would it look like 
in the church. Like, we've, if it's not going to happen here, guys, we've lost hope. I promise you that. But if, I'm not talking about New City. I'm talking about in the church in general. Like, what would happen if you had, you were looking like crazy out for me, and I was looking like crazy out for you, and I got 300 people looking out for my interests, and I'm looking out, like you, and everybody in here had three, like, there is nothing that would stop us. We would bring kingdom to, to people. God would be just, boom, right? Like, that's how this works. It works the same way in relationships. It works the same way in marriage. Amen? Man, it's powerful. When we start thinking about that, because when eyes collide, we can leave, we can win, we can conform, we can compromise. But when eyes collide, we loses. We are done. Because I'm looking out for my interests. And she better take care of me, or I'm gone, or I'm going to make sure she does it, or I'm going to try to win. See, expectations create that debt debtor relationships see nobody says thank you when they get a paycheck for work that they've done do they nobody says to the boss hey man thanks for paying me you know came as a real blessing it was a real surprise no actually i worked for that and you kind of owed me that right and that's how it's supposed to work and that's how a lot of times we'll approach marriage we'll approach relationships we're like hey yeah man you got to do this for me i'm gonna do this for you this is gonna be all right we're gonna compromise and all that kind of stuff and you've got this balance that you're trying to keep rather than just seeing how much more you can help the other person fulfill their dreams their hopes their desires wow what would it look like if our marriages and and would it look like if we just did this with other people period and i had 300 other people in my church looking out for my hopes my dreams and my desires man there would be no stopping it you think i wouldn't feel fulfilled absolutely it's remarkable remarkable what we get to do this is an ob- not an obligation this is a, a, a truly something we get to do not have to do is to step into love god's way we don't show a lot of people gratitude to fill to, to we don't show people gratitude because they've given us something that they're owed to us and so a box full of of expectations when we say baby this is yours you've got to give you've got to make this happen to me that kills intimacy. That kills passion. It kill, I've, I've watched too many folks, man, like just have their, have their marriages. Not, not, like they may even be together, but they're, they're just giving like this. Man, she better do this for me. And there's no trust there. Who trusts anybody that you can't fully give yourself to? And here's the secret, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more the next several weeks. Happy couples know that one another owes the other nothing. Let me rephrase that. I know that as a husband that my wife Judy doesn't owe me anything. And when we approach it that way, and if she knows that I don't owe her anything, then all of a sudden, we're starting to figure out this isn't a debt debtor, this isn't a compromise This isn't trying to split everything 50-50 or balance scales of time and resources. This is where we actually start learning what it means to love her, and she's learning what it means to love me. And all of a sudden, man, we're glorifying God together. Amen? This is remarkable stuff. And it's so different, and we don't get taught any of this growing up. We get taught what it means to be a worker. We get taught what it means to be productive and a provider even.
but we never learn what it means to be a spouse and someone in a relationship that glorifies God. Nobody teaches this. It's taught rarely even in the church sometimes. But we need to understand, happy couples know they don't owe, they're not owed anything. I owe Judy everything. You owe your spouse everything. You owe your neighbor everything. You owe everybody that you're in friendship with everything. See, extraordinary couples that are truly happy are weird. They're weird. They can be rich or poor. They just love being together, right? They can be trying to have kids and can't have kids. Some can have a, a litter of kids like Elder Mitch and his wife, Paula, right? They got seven boys. I think they kept trying to. They kept, she was like, forget it. I'm done, right? But I mean, it's just, you can have all kinds, but you're just happy, right? They love each other. They're weird. They can be in the suburbs. They can be in the city. They can be in the country. They can be whatever. They can be across the world or, or homebodies, but they're just happy. Because they know that they have a mutual, beneficial relationship. And here's the thing. So many times you got to sacrifice in your relationship. I want our relationships. I want to see our relationships. God wants to see our relationships. Not not sacrificial, but beneficial in our lives. And remember, I gave everybody some boxes. Does anybody not have a box? I had to throw a couple. Anybody not have a box? I like to throw, so if you don't have a box, that's cool. All right, so if everybody's got a box, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this box. I want you to put a piece of paper in the box. And in that piece of paper, I want you to keep this somewhere where you can this week. I thought this was going to give you some homework, right? I want you to write hopes, desires, and dreams, just like it says on this box here. Okay? Hopes, dreams, and desires. Write that on the outside of the box. On the other side of the box, I'm going to ask you to write down a scripture. And it is Matthew 22, 34 through 40. And here's what I ask you guys to do. Can you commit this week, every day, to reading 35 seconds worth of scripture? I didn't hear you. That's it. 35 seconds a day. And I want you to read the same scripture every day. And I want that on the, this inside of the box. As you think of hopes and desires and dreams for you, put them in the box. But here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to go start talking to your spouse and talking to those in your relationship. Here's my hopes and desires and dreams. Man, understand, these are not to be given to somebody. These are yours. Hopes and desires and dreams are not evil. It's not something we're going to try to repress. It's not something we're going to deny. It's not something we're going to try to try to ignore. It's not something we're going to try to just, okay, forget this. I guess I have to just not have any desires or hopes or dreams. I just got to shove them down, right? Because this is, these, are, these are not evil. This is the way God created you. But what we do with them can be evil when we say these are now somebody else's. These are mine. And so I want us to keep this. Bring these back next week. On the outside of the box, if you will put Matthew 22, 34 through 30, and I want you to commit to reading this every day. I'm going to read it to you here now. 34 through 40, yes, thank you. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Here's what I'd like you to do. You read this every day and meditate on this. Matthew 22, 34 through 40, this is right after Jesus was actually talking 
about marriage and the eternality of marriage and the perspective we're to have on marriage. And there were Pharisees that, that were coming up to him. Now, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, was a Pharisee. What a lot of people don't know is that Paul very well could have been divorced and remarried several times prior to coming to know Jesus because the, that's what Pharisees did. They divorced more often than pagans did. In fact, they have different things than what they would do. Essentially, they would say, uh, these are my expectations. When you don't meet them, I'm going to go try to find another Pharisee to uh, basically endorse my divorce because I'm going to, this is what they did. These were religious guys, right? This is why Jesus was like making them mad all the time. He's like, guys, you guys got no love, right? And so that's what, they, they have literally court documents of divorce that they, that they divorced their spouses because of bushy eyebrows and burnt dinners and stuff, like crazy stuff. But they did it more often. And so when they were asking about the Sadducees and the Pharisees were asking about marriage and stuff like that, he was talking about, guys, you don't have the right perspective on it. Matthew twenty-two thirty-four says, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together and one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. This is a profound question. I think it's a legitimate question, too. Because there's 600 some odd commands in the Old Testament, right? The, the law and the prophets. Uh, the first, four, first five books of the, the, the Old Testament are considered the law. And the rest are considered, for the most part, the, the prophets. Major, minor prophets, that kind of thing. And he says, when the Pharisees heard he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. One of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? What a great question. Now, he was, he was doing, maybe it was had motivation was off, but it was a great question. And he said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In other words, with everything you have, love God. First, this is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. In essence, the, this language says that the second command I'm about to drop on you, it goes together with this first one. And it says that this is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. This is together. You can't, have, you can't truly love God if you don't do this. Love your neighbor as yourself. In the marriage covenant, right? In, in the marriage, like in our spouses, there is no one closer as a neighbor than somebody sleeping in the bed with you, right? And so we need to understand that. There's a, people go, who's my neighbor? Because they even asked that after that. He's like, dude, come on, man. Like, we just need to learn this is how we love. Now, listen to what he says here in verse 40. All the law. How much of the law? All of the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So if we are loving God with everything we have, this is what I love about Jesus. He breaks it down for us, but it also becomes harder now because it's now I've got to learn to love rather than start to uh, make sure I adhere to a bunch of rules and regulations and stuff, right? It's incredible stuff. Like all of a sudden, I can't do anything. I just have to decide to be obedient and love God with everything I have. As a result of that, I love my neighbor as myself. That comes into the marriage, and all of a sudden, man, God is glorified in our relationships, right? Love this. And that's the scripture I want us to be going over every day. Guys, can you do that? It takes 35 seconds to read that scripture. Can you do that? Here's what takes a little longer, being obedient to it. You can read it and go, yep, it's good scripture. I like that. 
and to continue to live your lives, our lives the same way. What we have to do is look in those scriptures and say, you know what? I've got to start doing something, start taking some steps now. And I want you to take those boxes with you. And as a reminder, bring those back next week. We'll have some more in case somebody gets, they get sat on. Had a couple sat on in first service. Like, we got more, no problem. I want you to take that. Today we're going to take some uh, a communion as well. And we're going to take communion. And usually when I, we take communion, uh, I ask people to make it right with a brother or sister that if you have something that they have something against you, you have something against that person. Scripture talks about don't take communion in an unworthy manner. And so we don't want to do that. Um, and if you have something against somebody, we want to let you make it right. I've actually left a church service and I was in an argument with a, a brother of mine years ago. And I said, I can't, I got to go. Um, remember being at the Shawnee campus before we ever opened this campus and we were having communion. And I said, I got to go make it right with my wife. I guess this, that's the kind of stuff that, that I, can't, I couldn't take it. So don't feel obligated because I don't know anybody's going to be looking. I can't act with that. It's between you and God. Right. And so I want us to be thinking about one thing before we take communion. Do I need to apologize to my spouse? Do I need to make it right? Because I've basically shackled him, shackled her with a whole bunch of expectations that are mine, not his, not hers. And do I need to 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 learn and say, God, I, I show me what it means to love my wife, my husband, my friend, my neighbor in a way that honors you. And Lord, if, if, if and those are the things that if we, we need to settle that with God first. And then if he's convicting us, go make it right with your spouse, your neighbor, your friend, because you haven't loved them in a way that honors me. You can go do that before you take communion. So let me pray for the communion, and then we'll have our offering, and we'll be dismissed. And Father, we love you, and we thank you for today. Thank you for the, man, your word. It is not easy, but you have simplified it in so many ways and just cut to the quick and the core of everything. And it is, if we want to be in your will, we have to love you. And that's a decision that we make. Love you with everything we have. And as a result of that, we'll love our neighbor as ourselves. We will look out not only for our own interests, but for the interests of others. And we will love our spouses and our neighbors and our friends in a way that just truly honors you. Not sacrificially, but beneficially, because we're looking out for them. They're looking out for us, man, and it works that way. May we never impose our will on our loved ones. And may we start today to step into your obedience. It's in your son's precious and holy name that we pray. Everybody said, amen.